This is the city we call our own. These are the stories of the people we call our neighbors. This is the heartbeat of our hometown. Naperville, this is Real Talk. All right, welcome back to Naperville Real Talk. This is the August monthly market update. We might have missed a month or two in the summer. Forgive us. It's busy time in real estate world, vacations, all that good stuff. But we're going to catch you up to where the real estate market has been, where it is now, and we're going to do our best to give you an idea of where we think it's going. So as always, my monthly co-host, Mr. Todd Gazin from Compass Mortgage is here. Todd, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, it's been a crazy summer I and mean, we're already working up towards Labor Day. Like, what's going on here? Kids are going back to schools. Like, I think we missed something. <laughs> I know. I know. I think maybe we should call it this, call this our back to school special, but uh, <laughs> it's true. And um, it's uh, it's been a wild summer. And I think a lot of people have been kind of, you know, well, I, I know what's happening. Well, now I don't. Two weeks later, something changes in the economy, you know, inflation, all these things. So we're going to cover all of that. So that's what I want to start with is, okay, the big news came out, what, two weeks ago now, that we are officially in a recession, right? And whether uh, different governmental figures want to try to change the definition of a recession to, you know, to fit their whatever, the reality is that, you know, the most of the, of the country realizes we're in an economic recession. And so I think a lot of people wonder, how does that affect the real estate market? So what I wanted to point out was, if you go back, look at the last six recessions in the United States, back to 1980, only two times, only in two of those six recessions, did real estate values go down. Now, they went down a little bit in a recession in the early 90s. Yeah. They went down majorly in 2008, 2009. But the reason for that, as we know, is it was the real estate market that drove that recession. So very different circumstances. And we've talked about that, Todd, all year, really, how this this year, this time period is different from yeah. that time period. And just kind of remind everybody that what was the, you know, what were the major factors that caused that crash in 08, 09? Well, I think some of the major factors affecting that crash was just some um, lending that should not have been happening, giving people the opportunity. So I think the the best way of saying this, that, that the opportunity to get money was too easy, okay? And then combined with some um, um, less or more regulatory now of appraisals is definitely helped that as well. So I think that, you know, when you have values where people are buying homes that were possibly and most likely artificially inflated by um, appraisals and banks, now all of a sudden when things do correct, okay, now the equity that was once gained is now gone and everybody's upside down in their house. Thus, we ended up with a bunch of short sales and REOs at that time would put people in a place where, geez louise, it was not only a recession, but it was really painful because people couldn't afford their houses. They were upside down in them and, and many just said, listen, if I'm upside down, it's this easy. I'm just giving up and moving on. And I think that that was really the, the big deterring factor of what happened many years back then is, and this market is not even close to it. And let me just be honest, if you go back even to the 1800s and the recessions, no one has ever been alike. They're all uniquely different in their own way. And this, this one that we're going through right now is equally as unique. And I think 
that's the things everybody remembers is we're not repeating history. We're just writing a different story in history right now. <laughs> that's right. You, you, hit, you hit the nail on the head where you say that recessions are unique. It's not driven by necessarily one economic factor. You had recessions where unemployment is very low and recessions where unemployment is high and different industries can cause, you know, recessions. Like we talked about, the real estate industry really kind of drove the last one. This one's a little bit more driven by energy, by technology, um, and obviously all coming from the supply shortages of the pandemic. Exactly. So, you know, it, it, it is very unique. And, you know, that's why we can't necessarily, while we do look at the past to try to, you know, figure out where are there similarities, we have to be honest, where there aren't similarities, we can't draw radical conclusions um, and a lot of that is fear-based, which I understand as we go through this, right? People fear what might happen. And they, we tend as human beings to fear the worst and plan yeah. for the worst. So I understand that. You know, the other, the other factor, obviously, is, is inflation, you know. And again, you know, if you're, things cost 8 9% more this year versus last year. And part of that is the housing market. Part of it is the automobiles. I mean, groceries. A lot, all of it's driven by energy, including, you know, somewhat the housing market when you're talking new construction. So everybody's feeling the pinch from a couple different angles, and it's caused a lot of anxiety. And that's why I wanted to bring some clarity. One of the things where there's been a lack of clarity, I think, for the average person is surrounding interest rates. So if you have a conversation with, you know, even people inside the real estate market who don't necessarily have a good you know, I'm talking about professionals, even some agents that I speak to who don't maybe have a great grasp on it. I think the impression was, well, gosh, the Fed is going to increase the overnight lending rates, you know, five yeah. or six times this year. Right. And so then the expectation was every time they do that, we're going to see a corresponding rise in mortgage interest rates. And I have to point out that when they just did the last increase, which was 75 basis points, what, two, two or three weeks ago. Rates went down, yeah. not up, mortgage rates. So well, talk to that. You have so many things you said there that I can comment on. Let's talk about first recession. Okay, so recession is typically supposed to be the painful part of us moving from inflation to recession, right? In, rates go up in inflation, uh, right. rates go down in recession. Here's, here's what I think we really need to pay attention to, is the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates to create pain in the market so people stop buying and stop right. doing things most likely. So when you look at leading indicators, just look at very basic things. Look at movie theaters, look at restaurants, look at travel, look at hotel bookings, and just those types of things, uh, people are still spending money. I mean, I was in the airport the other day, there were 600 people in line, it seemed to be going through security and it was taking like an hour and a half to go through. And people are still filling restaurants. People are still going to movies. The pain has not happened yet. Hmm. So the Fed is going to continue to raise their short-term rate, not the rate, it's not influencing interest rates, but the short-term rate because they need to create a little bit of pain to slow down the market. Because how is inflation going to stop if we just keep paying at a higher price? It's not going to. So we need to slow down things just a little bit here. And that's why when you start talking about interest rates, interest rates don't typically, well, let's be very straightforward. Interest rates do not follow the Fed rate, okay? They do in a, in a side way by following the Treasury. But here's what you need to know is, is that in the big picture of things with interest rates, interest rates are moving based on other factors in the market. 
right? We're seeing wild swings historically happening of moving threes to a half percent in days and hours moving up and down. The reality is, is that the higher the interest rate goes, the more it's going to slow down housing. It's going to slow down people buying things and doing things and all those things because the average recession is 10 or 11 months. It doesn't last forever like most people think. So when you start seeing interest rates move, the, I think what everybody needs to remember is that when they show national interest rates in the news, those are always a weekend delay. Okay, so when they're being printed by Fannie and Freddie Mac is they're looking at the average rate on a Monday. Well, if Tuesday the rates go up, you're not going to know if rates went up until they see the average again the next Monday. So two weeks ago on a Monday, everything was really great. People were being able to, by paying a little additional cost to get their rates down to the upper fours, all of a sudden, literally in one day, those rates went up to where now you couldn't even come close to getting that again. It was a half percent or five eighths percent higher than that. So here's there is tremendous volatility, but it's not being driven driven it's basically by the feds. What they're trying to do is interest rates are going to go up based on what the market is doing, right? And that is a very much a market thing. So when you start looking at the issue of talking about equity and what's going on in the market, I don't see anybody complaining so much about the rates. They all are talking about the fear of what's going to happen to housing. Our value is going to fall. Well, 49.7% of houses in the United States have at least 50% equity now. More than 70% of the houses are in a positive equity position in their house. Back then, they weren't even close to that. Right. And you look at, when you start looking at those kind of numbers of having 127 consecutive months of home price increases, I think the thing we have to remember is everybody keeps saying we're an inventory issue. No, we have a demand issue. The demand and inventory issues are kind of go together together. But when you have demand, you can't expect homes to start going down in value when you have a demand of people wanting to buy it. Right. So if you look at the last 10 years in the market, the housing, we've done an average 1.14 million new homes to the market each year. Right now, the demand says we're five million behind plus. So you can see the demand issue is not going to see allow us to see a fall. We may see a softening, two, three, four, five percent. But when the buyers come back into the market, statistically, you know, when you look at the generation right now that's buying the millennials, they were just surveyed in a very significant survey saying 59% said they were buying houses in the next five years. There's your demand, right? Almost 89% uh, said they're going to be buying within the next 10 years. So if we don't catch up with inventory, then we're always going to have the demand issue, which is just a uniquely different problem from what we've had in the past. So people will talk about this because of the demand issue, not for any other reason. Right. That's right. So, yeah. No, go on. So no, and that's that's kind of I think that what we have to get is to everybody understand is this is not about dropping values we saw 15 years ago or 16 years ago. It's a completely different circumstance. There's there's not anything that would match that currently in the market. So by saying that is, is that that means also, yes, rates may drift down a little bit, but prior to 2006, we never really even saw rates over 6%. When you see the average going clear back to the, the 70s, the average rate 7.3%, you're seeing a generation of people that think that threes and twos are normal, and they're not. So when the Federal Reserve starts and stops buying interest rates, which is basically what they call clearing the balance sheet, what we're going to see is rates are going to find their own their own place of stability 
and I think that you all may need to look at in the future, the, the normal rate could be five or six percent, not three or two. Right. That's yeah, a absolutely. lot of debut. <laughs> well, you hit you hit on a, a lot of great points there. And I think we've talked before about how you're right, this is a demand issue. And, and that's why I wanted to uh, kind of highlight next is that we are seeing a few things happen with the demand in the market that's changing now and, and actually inventory. So you're right in that the previous, you know, two years, we, we kept saying, you know, colloquially, uh, oh, there's low inventory. Well, there really wasn't right. We still, we were selling, you know, plenty of homes on, on par with some of the largest years in, in modern history. It's just that the demand was so high, we, we could, still couldn't keep up. So now, as you said, the Fed is trying to slow down the economy. Part of it is, is with the accompanying, uh, you know, rise in, in rates is they're trying the mortgage rates, I should say, which is not a direct relation, as you said, but they are trying to slow down the market a little bit. And so are we seeing it yet? Well, we're seeing it in a couple of different fronts. So it's kind of like chicken and the egg. And, and a lot of this has borne out in conversations I'm having with folks. We actually this year are finally seeing an actual reduction in inventory overall because part of it is people are saying to themselves, okay, I just refinanced my mortgage two years ago down to a 3%. Um, my home is okay. I, I could probably have a bigger one or a smaller one, but well, things are volatile. Maybe I don't want to sell right now. So we're seeing sellers becoming hesitant to sell a little bit. And we are seeing the demand decrease just slightly. And I don't think it's all because of interest rates. I think part of it is this return to seasonality, which we haven't had for two years. Summer, these, these late summer months are normally a lower, slower time for buyers. People are on vacation. People are going, getting ready to go back to school. We didn't see that in 2021. We didn't see that in 2020 because it was such an abnormal market. There was act, there was almost constant activity through all, you know, the last essentially 18, 24 months. Finally, this year, we're seeing a return to seasonality, which I can say as a real estate professional is a little refreshing. It's not, it's not constant, you know, craziness all the time. Um, and so right now in Naperville, kind of bringing it back to our local market, we are seeing the effects of that. So a few things. Number one, the days on market are rising. So homes are taking longer to sell. And that's a factor of the fact that, again, the, the demand is, is slightly lower, maybe just seasonally. The other part of it is buyers are getting, this is another kind of thing we can see. We can't necessarily measure it quantitatively, but we can in the conversations. Buyers are getting weary of what they've had to do to survive in this market in the last, you know, for folks... I'm working with buyers right now that, you know, maybe they've been looking for homes for two years and they're, you know, and I'm just meeting them this year and they're saying, gosh, we're so tired of looking and, you know, and it's, it's so, it's so hard on some folks. And so buyers, uh, here's a big stat for you, Todd, in the month of June, 15% of contracts fell out of escrow nationally. So basically one in six, one in seven contracts didn't make it, you know, didn't make it through inspection didn't make it through attorney review whatever it is and that is partially it's it's a two-pronged factor it's 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 sellers who have been able to present properties that maybe didn't have the maintenance that was needed didn't have the repairs done like they would have had to do five ten years ago and now buyers who are finally getting a little tired of having to just take a property in whatever condition it's in and so they've reached that 
elastic point where they're saying, hmm, not anymore. So what does that mean for sellers? That means you've got to do the right things. You've got to do the maintenance. If you've got, you know, the crack in the drywall, patch it up. You know, if you've got um, a, a small leak in the basement, fix it, right? Any of these things we've got to do to be more competitive in this market. The other thing that we're seeing besides days on market rising, we're seeing showings decrease. So showings normally decrease during the summer months, as we talked about in a normal seasonal market, but they're down 67% since March. Wow. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So where we were seeing homes, if you listed a nice home in Naperville in March, on a weekend this year in March, you would probably be getting 50 to 60 showings. Right now, same property, same condition, you know, on a good weekend, you may be getting 15 or 20 showings. So, and we're not getting 20, 30 offers anymore, even on the great properties now. We're getting five or six. Things have changed. Six or seven. Things absolutely have changed. And what do they say? You know, they say that buyers live in the market of the future sellers live in the market of the past right because sellers see what their neighbors have done i have a lot of these conversations around the dinner table with folks well my my neighbor's home sold in in may and it sold in one day and they got sixty thousand dollars over asking price and they said they didn't have to fix anything and i say i that it was a great time in may <laughs> and things are changing <laughs> Things are changing. So it's good news for buyers, though. You know, so buyers can be a, uh, a little bit more choosy. They can take their time. Um, you know, I'm having conversations with buyers who are, who are saying, because they're, they're thinking, gosh, there's no homes on the market. And I'm saying, actually, there's a, there's a lot to look at right now. You know, let's take our time. Don't rush into it. Yeah. So, you know, I think, uh, I think there's good news out there. And, and the big question is, what's the outlook going forward? You already hit on it. I don't see values decreasing. Um, certainly not a crash, but if you look at any of the major industry um, organizations, if you look at Fannie and Freddie, if you if you look at what Zillow's saying, what Redfin's saying, they're all projecting at least modest increases in value over the next year, probably closer to a return of, of what the averages are, right? An average of about 4%. Uh, a lot of folks think we're going to have in 2023, maybe a 5 to 6% increase in values, uh, but certainly... I don't see things going down until, like you said, until we can figure out this issue of supply and demand. I think it's well said. I mean, listen, with the way things are changing and moving, everybody's seeing how it can shift from the where it was, where we're seeing 30, 40, 50 people putting offers now down to less than 10 at times, depending on the property. That shows you how quickly things can change. So that's okay. These markets are about change, and believe it or not, most of the time these markets shift this way, and most people don't even know what's happening. That's right. That's right. So, and, well, and at the end of the day, right? If you're not engaged in, if you're not engrossed in it, and actively buying or selling, a lot of this is happening, you know, without you. And you kind of look back, and I, I have people right now say, "Oh, it's amazing, right? The real estate market's crazy." And I'm like, "Well, it was crazy, and it, it's it still can be." And that's the good news. I'll tell you too. If you're, I mean, if you're still thinking about selling, it's still a good time. I, if you you know, there's folks who have different opinions about Dave Ramsey, who's a financial, uh, you know, radio guy, financial advisor kind of personality. And one of the things he said that I actually think he hit the nail on the head is right now in this in this moment, it's actually one of the best times to sell and one of the best times to buy in history, because selling right now, you still have a pretty active market. Again, there's some there are some markets in the nation that are already towards the other side of the curve where they're really starting to slow down. 
right here in Naperville, we haven't experienced that quite yet, right? There are some suburbs in Chicago that are struggling more than Naperville is. We have the advantage of being a highly desirable area, you know, with, with, with jobs and education and retail. So take advantage of that if you're a seller. And as a buyer, you have the advantage of knowing, again, with some decent level of certainty, your investment is going to continue to rise, at least over the foreseeable future, particularly here in a, in a stable market like Naperville. And now you have the advantage of things finally starting to shift back and in, in towards more of a, at least more of a neutral standpoint. So don't be afraid. If you, if you are thinking about buying or selling, talk to you know professionals, whether it's Todd and myself or, or whoever else, but just make sure that you get all the information and don't jump to conclusions. And I think that's the best encouragement I can give our, our listeners and, and viewers today. I couldn't agree more. Todd, thank you so much. I think it's been informative. Uh, I'm interested to see where the rest of the year goes. We will get back on the trolley next month. And uh, I just appreciate you being here with us. I appreciate it too. I look forward to seeing everybody again next month. All right. Bye everybody.